2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. Are we starting the podcast now? Or? Oh, we've been on the podcast, my brother. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the Death to Life podcast. My name is Richard Young, and I am so grateful and excited for you to hear today's podcast. But before we get into the podcast, I have with me my friend, my homie, Justin Koo. And Justin Koo is going to talk about what's going on Uh First, he's going to do a, a talk about a Bible study, and then I would just want him to promo Justin Koo stuff. So, Justin, man, tell us about this. Uh, tell us about this Bible study. So, uh, we're listening to stories, this death to life experience, and every story is a beautiful story because it shows what God is doing in a person's life. Um, but the cool thing is, is that this doesn't ever happen in isolation. It almost always happens in community. And so the good news is, is that if you've got family or friends that you want to share this experience with, uh, we have Bible studies that are like intentionally crafted for exactly that. And I think your latest promo said that we got a Bible study every single day of the week. Is that true? Six out of seven. We do not Six. have one right now on Sunday. Oh, oh! But you know what? I also... Some days that have two. Like today, <laughs> you know, we have two. There you go. You know what? I also heard that out of like uh, out of the recent recording, you said that there were six. That you've been to five out of the six, and I was doing the math, and I realized, oh, Richard hasn't showed up in my Bible study. <laughs> I was like, man, sick guy. How is it that you're going to not show up to mine? That's on Saturday morning. Come on, dude. I haven't been to yours on Saturday morning, and it's it's, it's, it's because <laughs> it's just because I don't. No, I, I'm a. <laughs> you know, I want. I need to get to yours. I, 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 I might get to yours this week. But tell us about your like your specific Bible study. What time it is? Who's it with? Talk to us. Yeah, so ours is more like a West Coast focused Bible study. So if 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time works for you, you're used to doing the kind of like church thing Saturday mornings. Um, that's that's kind of what it's about, and it's really loose flowing. We're going through LRT curriculum. Uh, which, you know, we're going through the book of Romans right now, um, talking about ideas like freedom from sin. What does it really mean to uh, to walk in the spirit and righteousness and things like that? And it's it's pretty open. You know, you come, if you got questions, great. We'll, we'll be happy to talk about them. Um, but mostly it's just a place to vibe together, to support each other um, as we're all living this new life. Awesome, man. 
Awesome. So, uh, 10 o'clock Pacific time. Yeah. Yep. And for what, do you have a name for your Bible study or is it? Just... Yeah. We call it that good, good. Oh, it's that oh, good, it good Bible study. Oh, cause it's got that good, good message in it. That's right, man. Okay. That's what's up. Okay. So before, before I let you go, what, what's going on in the, I'm listening and the free flow show, what's going on in the Justin Koo universe? Oh man, we're, we're doing uh, a lot of shows. So, so I guess, you know, the I'm listening show is an expression of freedom in the sense that what does it look like to manifest freedom in relationships that are a little bit more challenging, a little bit more sticky that don't quite fit in all the boxes. And so uh, we have series focused on LGBTQ relationships right now. I'm working on an entire series, just finished an interview um, we're working on right now for uh, Islam and so we focus on other world religions. We look at, you know, expressions of Christianity that are different. Um, and it's just a way to build relationship, build rapport, and and hopefully get the opportunity to pour into people's lives. Um, the Free Flow Show is a little bit different. It's a reoccurring cast of pretty much er- nearly everyone uh, on our team has been featured in the Death to Life show already. You got Will and Joyce, for example. Um, you got Tyler and Morgan and, uh, maybe on a future episode, uh, my wife, Emily. So there's six of us and it's just, again, what does it look like for a bunch of Christians to interact with culture, to interact with kind of popular theology ideas and to do so from a place of freedom, um, and a little bit of nuancing. It's a, it's a fun time. It's perhaps one of my favorite shows to, to record just because of the agreement that we have with everyone that participates. Are you guys going to be, uh you know, opening up this, this Royal family fiasco. Is that, <laughs> can we, can we count on that in a future episode of Meghan you know that, Markle? That's, that's probably what's going to happen. You know, we, we just have a, a, a friend group on messenger and we just throw ideas around and, uh, that's, that's definitely going to be something that we'll see in the near future. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for it. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming on to say that. So that's, that's Justin. Check out his stuff. 10 o'clock. Um, 10 o'clock Pacific time for that good, good. And then watch, watch for stuff on YouTube, the free flow show. And I'm listening. And, uh, as we get into today's show, this podcast, um, is Natalie, Natalie young, my wife, and I have not heard the podcast yet. I have not listened to it. I'm about to listen to it right now for the first time. And I'm so excited to hear, I, I think I know the story. I, I know the death part. I know the life part. I want to hear how she puts it. I'm so excited. Uh, Morgan is going, Morgan did interview her. And so you get to hear her story and um, the the victory that she's living in now. So with all that being said, buckle up, strap in, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Yo, Richard, are you about to do the podcast? We 
I think I think that to understand old Natalie, you kind of have to understand maybe just kind of how I was raised just briefly. Uh, I was raised mm-hmm. Adventist. Mm-hmm. My parents, but, you know, my parents had just found Adventism like a few years before I was born. So it was really new. Um, and they definitely were taking like the Ellen White, like the law to the T kind of like method of being Adventist. And I think that's kind of mm. a natural reaction. Some people have um, is they, they see this amazing thing and they're going to work for it or you know what I mean. So we lived very strict lives. Um, the idea of like those families you saw at camp meeting, like the moms wearing like floor length denim dress and you know yes, what i mean the whole yes, thing yes. that was me and my family um and i mean to be honest it wasn't terrible because i mean for another mm-hmm. thing we lived in hawaii we lived on the big island and we were homeschooled and we just were like home <laughs> so we didn't know yeah um right. that we were different different you know like until maybe i started getting to be like seven eight years old and then i was like we're kind of weird like we're very very strict <laughs> diet <laughs> and also i am the third of six kids so there's two girls and then okay. me and three boys so also like we just were different you know we jump out of this massive mm. van like a church group or something and we just live different so that's kind of where it started like very adventist um and so i definitely understood about all the bible stories i feel like i have like quite a bit of knowledge about God, about how, you know, what he did for us, this amazing gift. And it was definitely framed in the way of like, God saved you from your sin. He saved you from this horrible person you were, you know, and it wasn't, it was just kind of a part of everything, you know, that we learned. Um, So I grew up till about 11 years old in that kind of household. And then we moved to Tennessee and my parents divorced. And it was, it was like a really big shift, you know, like from being uber Adventist to being like Adventist, but my poor mom was stretched very thin. And so it was like not as much, you know, hands on from my parents. So didn't see my dad as much. And he was definitely like the influence of the intense Adventism. And so things Mm. changed quite a bit. Um, So then, you know, I continued learning about God. I went to church for the most part still and um went to church school you know i knew about god um but i did kind of create like not create i guess i would say what was created in me kind of through like the experiences of going through that was like this anger i just felt kind of angry mm-hmm. and i was young you know i was like fifth grade when my parents really got divorced and i definitely couldn't like explain it or even like sure. rationalize it in my brain so i just acted out like I got suspended mm. for cussing at my teacher, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I know. I don't know what I was thinking. And I, I mean, friends <laughs> from back then will be like, yeah, you were crazy. Like, you were doing all kinds <laughs> of stuff. So <laughs> I think that I did just feel like this anger. And I, st- mm. again, I just felt that kind of like, we're different. We're kind of this huge family. And now, again, like, we're kind of in the spotlight. My parents divorced. Like, the mm. church community knows. I just felt like that weird kind of feeling of being like watched, you know, like people are kind of watching you to see how you're going to turn out. 
Ooh, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. that whole being watched concept. So could yeah. you feel that in fifth grade? I'm being watched. I, I kind of think that like, well, even like when we rolled into town, like we slept like in a van in the school parking lot for like a whole month. So like the people of the church knew that we were like super weird and we're doing all <laughs> sorts of different stuff. Like, like like from the van, we moved to tents in the woods on our new land. And then, you know what I mean? It oh. just wasn't normal, like anything. Okay. <laughs> and I, okay. I know I wanted to be just like normal and fly under the radar. Like I just didn't sure. want people to notice me. I didn't want to be different. I wanted to be like so boring and normal. And it really, <laughs> really wasn't. <laughs> So then when my parents got divorced, I think, you know, it was like another little thing added to that, like, you know, yeah, these yeah. those are the Groft kids. And and right, I know, right, right, my right, like right. personality, like I felt it like that people mm. were watching me and I wasn't as normal as I really wanted to be. Um, sure. So I think that like along with being like angry or whatever it was, I also started to be pretty cautious. And maybe I was cautious before as far as like putting walls up, like we talked about, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't really want to let people in. Um, And Mm. I don't think again, I could really have explained it why like I just started to get cautious. Yeah. And withdrew more into myself. So I mean, I had friends and it was great, but it just was kind of superficial, probably. And honestly, I do wonder friends back then, from back then, like what they would say, like, you know, I never really knew Natalie. And that's something I've heard mm. from a few people throughout my life is I really didn't know her because I just mm. I didn't want to let anyone close enough to hurt me. And so I was just going to keep you all over there, you know. Um, yeah, and no, so absolutely. I think isn't that incredible? I start it is. literally in fifth grade. Yeah. And I and I just didn't even know, like, and I couldn't control it. You know, it just felt very out of my control. Like, it was like a reflex that just I would do. I would just push people away. Like, and whether it was being mm. aloof, which is probably like the lower end of the spectrum, to just being outright kind of rude. And I would had a real big problem with authority. Like, I just didn't want mm. anyone to tell me what to do. You don't need to worry about me. Like, just leave me alone. Mm. And I, I'm sure I was pretty yeah, yeah, prickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure people just like probably got a little tired of it. Like this girl. Ugh. Yeah. So no, it's interesting. So like in the grand scheme of um like development, right, and the mm-hmm. the human brain. We know that when kids have a huge shift or any sort of loss of control yeah. or consistency, we see things similar to this where it's now I have to control something mm-hmm. and I guess I'll just make it relationships and what people get to know about me. And how, right. you know, how much I will let them in. Right. And so, yeah, it's incredible to hear you speaking. This started at 10 years old, right? And right, yeah. at this mm-hmm. desperate desire to just be like, I'm okay. Like, I, yeah. I'm i in control. I'm fine. And I will be happy as long as I am. Yeah, you're fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Okay, fine. so you're in this space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Doing this. You're in this, this space uh, of I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm in control. I'm in control. I can keep and people I, at an arm's length. I think God kind of fell into that like area in my life. Like I'm just gonna like pretend to be just like everybody else. Like everyone gets baptized in the fifth grade. So I got baptized in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I felt God pulling on my heart, but again, I I think I had a hard time letting him in too. Like I just never got too close to him. And I think I just was maybe angry at him too. I don't know. I just 
felt like this just like, no. So I was like, whatever was convenient to be, that's what I would do. Like, I would just go along with it. And if everyone was doing, you know, spiritual things, then I would. But it, it didn't feel like it was something that like I ever looked into in my own life or on my own time. I like really pursued God very much. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I'd say that okay. I was like, yeah, go ahead. So I'm just curious what the image of God in your house had to do with how you saw him, right? So you said that you mm. grew up in a very law-based, like we follow rules mm-hmm. and that's just what you do. So do you have any memories of how that crafted your image of God and how God saw you? I don't know if there was like a specific thing, but I do feel like I I just always had like that just understanding, like you probably were taught, but you don't really know when. So I just had like that understanding that like I had to do my part. Like you have mm. to, and I don't think anyone used the word earn, obviously, earn God's love, no, but it was sure. like, you have to ask him to forgive your sins. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to go with you. If you go to the wrong places, the Holy Spirit may not go with you. So you mm-hmm. better choose the right oh, things. Yes. You, you know, it was very much like on me to be the right person for God. Like you have to look the right way, act the right way. Um, it just, Yeah. Definitely, that was in in my like understanding, mm, which plays right into the control gig, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I have some say over my relationship with God. Like, I have some mm-hmm. part, and so yeah. if that's the case, then I have to look the part. I have to play the part. I have to right. keep up appearances so that God thinks that I am good enough for His love. Right. Okay. So, tell me more about how this played out for the the rest of like yeah. young. Natalie. So into high school, what does this look like? Yeah. So I would say I still wanted to be a part of the group of kids who were like involved in school because I saw them as like Mm. the good kids and I wanted to be that way. But I think, and it could have been in my own mind, but I felt like maybe I wasn't as welcome in that group. Um, Like maybe like my family just didn't fit in with their family. So then like they all would do stuff together, but like my family just wasn't really part of it. Um, and I think I just kind of felt like I never quite fit in. So I, I mean, I went into high school. I know I was really a very angry kid and really like defiant because I mean, just my teachers, it was just like, I would just measure them up. Like, okay, are you gonna try to control me? Because if you are, I'm gonna make it very clear to you that I don't care that like you mm-hmm. will not like mm-hmm. you won't get to me and you won't see the real me ever like and if they left me alone we were good but i had a couple teachers who bless their hearts like earnestly tried to like reach me and so i think i treated them pretty bad like i was pretty disrespectful in class i just did whatever i wanted to do pretty much i wanted them to know that <laughs> and so i mean fortunately <laughs> I did well in school. Like I didn't have to like study super hard, which was good because I really didn't. And so I Mm -hmm. went through high school without any issues on that side. But I just like kept kind of going through these like phases of like relationships with people where I wouldn't really get close. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to have like that affirmation of like you are worth our time or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't give anything to that relationship really. Um, even with mm-hmm. guys like 
really weird, like where I would like a guy, we would talk. And then if he kind of got serious, I was like, no, 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 no. And like, Mm, end it awkwardly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) end it awkwardly. And then I'd have to like nurse a broken heart because I still had feelings for them. But I didn't know how to like be close to somebody. I mean, and to the point where I was just like miserable, like walking around campus, like seeing him move on, Mm -hmm. because obviously I'd probably been like super harsh and like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. (laughs) The end of it. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, but I do like you. But I didn't know how to like deal with life. Like I just was very, (laughs) very careful and it did not help Mm me. Um, And so God, like God going into academy, like fortunately I had a great chaplain. There was like a lot of exposure, right? You know, there's a lot of stuff going Mm -hmm. on at Christian academies, Adventist academies. And again, I would want to be involved. Like I would put myself out there. My sister, who's like two years older than me, was very involved in school stuff. So I was kind of like, oh, just kind of tag along with her and do Mm -hmm. the things that everyone's doing. But it just never felt right. I always felt like that imposter syndrome, like, I just, I don't know, this isn't actually where my heart is. I'm kind of faking spirituality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of like kept it up. And then of course, my sister being two years older than me graduated, um, like halfway through mm-hmm. high school. And I do feel like kind of without her there, it was like, mm, like, I didn't have a, anyone to like tag along with. And I would say, like, my friends changed a little, like, the groups I would hang out with changed a little um, to the point where I remember probably junior or senior year just kind of feeling like giving up on trying to be mm. a part of that other group that, in my eyes, was good because they were doing the things that would earn them, you know, <laughs> like, all the stuff that looked like what a Christian should look like. And not that my Mm -hmm. other friends, like, I don't want to throw them under the bus because I'm still friends with them now. Like, Mm -hmm. they're great people, but they weren't necessarily in those same groups. And so it was kind of like, to me, it was like a separation between those two things. Um, And so Mm -hmm. along with kind of moving out of the, you know, spiritual group and just kind of the fun group was probably even put more distance between God and I. Like, I put that distance there. And, like, I had prayer journals, and, like, I could look back, and there's a lot of that, like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry for acting the way I'm acting. God, please help me. Mm. You know, <laughs> like, and then months go by, months yeah. go by. And then again, like, I want to be close to you. I want to be good. I want to choose the right things, but I can't. <laughs> and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and I know you're going to help me, you know. Um, and that's about as far as it ever got. It never got much deeper than that. Okay. Okay. So, um, it's just interesting because I'm hearing you describe very much the human experience, you know, like, especially in high school. Hello. Like we're all just trying to figure Mm. out what in the world is going on and who in the world we are. And it's just this Mm -hmm. desperate desire to belong and to be known and to be identified. And if, if we Mm -hmm. belong to this group, then we can be identified as that sort of person with those sorts of characteristics, right? It's just this desperate desire to be Mm -hmm. known. So it sounds like you didn't really feel identified by one group or another. So then did it just kind of lend itself to searching constantly? And if it did, what did that look like? Yeah, I would say that 
I didn't have the courage to be like vulnerable with people to like show that mm. I wanted to be, you know what I mean? Like, but I definitely felt just like kind of rejected. And so I'd put myself out there and then I would feel rejected. And so then I would kind of move on and go to somebody else. Um, but I was mm. also a people pleaser, which is kind mm. of random because like being defiant and being angry yeah, yeah, yeah. and a people pleaser <laughs> doesn't go together. <laughs> but I think it actually really came from a place of selfishness because I wanted to yeah. make sure that everyone around me was okay so that I wouldn't like feel the stress or like, I just think that probably being a middle child that kind of came naturally mm -hmm. coming from like a lot of change in my childhood, you know, a lot of random stuff happening all the time. Um, I wanted to like minimize stress and I very much feel like the stress and the feelings of other people. And so mm -hmm. I do think like selfishly, I just wanted to like make them feel comfortable, make them feel relaxed because it felt better for me. And like I could mm -hmm. manage them. Like I, I, oh. and even I was telling you recently, like I would walk into rooms and I felt the need to like figure everybody out because I needed to like outthink you all. Because I felt so insecure about myself and I was very nervous about like every little thing I did, um, but projecting all of this cool, calm, tough exterior. And so it was like a, a real job to like figure everyone out. I needed to know their weakness. I needed to know like what made them feel uncomfortable, what made them like watching their face, watching their actions, like, oh, that made that person feel uncomfortable. They're nervous. They're kind of, you know, off a little. And so, like, it helped me probably feel better and also helped me feel like I could, like, control social situations mm. by, by being, like, in everyone's head. And also, uh, <laughs> I felt like wow, this is I needed to, like, judge all their actions as, like, oh, are you being sincere or are you not? Because if they weren't, then I was going to go way back in, you know? Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work. A lot, a lot of work. Man, it's, I was going to say, you were working overtime pretty much consistently. So yeah, what did this look very, like yeah. in, you know, what did this look like in relationships, right? So if you're constantly having to analyze right. and figure things out in order to protect yourself, in order to control rooms or whatever, what did that look like in yeah, I mean, I can't imagine I was very, like, present or sincere. Like, also, mm -hmm. I was, like I said, like, judging everyone. Like, I needed to know if you were bored of me talking, if you were annoyed at something mm -hmm. I did. I was very much aware of that. And, like, I didn't want, I didn't want to be disliked, pretty much. I wanted to be accepted. And so it was, like, I kind of judged, like, everyone's reaction to me. And I just lived with, like, this belief that like they really don't actually want to talk to me they're just asking mm. me this question about something because it's polite and so yeah. i'm going to give them the shortest clearest answer so we can get out of this this interaction mm -hmm. they can feel mm -hmm. good i can get back away but i really never felt like anyone wanted to like really get close to me or talk to me there are a few people who i think like passed that test in my brain and like i i mean it's horrible but i I really needed people to like prove themselves to me. Like, are mm. you, are you going to make me feel like, you know, that you really love me, that you really care about me because I'm not gonna, like, I'm just not going to put myself out there. 
if I feel, Hmm. you know, any kind of brushing me off or rushing through something or insincerity, like I'm just not going to do it. And obviously people are like, yeah, people are just not thinking ever. And so I'm sure people like blew it with me without (laughs) ever knowing or meaning to. (laughs) We were making a mental note like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. I very much like, yeah. I mean, it was hard. Like you had to earn intimacy, you know, with me. Mm. And like some people did. And so, like I said, like those people and like messed me up because they got close to me. I got close to them. And then I couldn't I couldn't actually like commit to being, you know, dating or whatever because it just freaked me out. And so then I would just pull back and push them away. Oh, man. That's kind of. Yeah. So (laughs) how long would you say this? So it started probably around like fifth, right? Like middle school. Right. Into high school. That's when I really. mm -hmm. Okay. So So things are. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I mean, things are about like that. And then end of high school, I like really commit to not caring about being good. And so then I get suspended again for partying um, off campus. And I got into a relationship with a guy who I I don't even know if it was like I wanted to be in a relationship with him or I just wanted to feel like close to someone and wanted and, you know. Sure. And the good thing about this guy is that, like, he cared about life, like, less than I did. And he put up walls that were higher than my walls. So it was a really mm-hmm. easy relationship. <laughs> yeah. Because, and he was a very angry person. So... It just kind of mm-hmm. worked. Like, he didn't push back on anything I did. He didn't question it. He didn't push me to be, like, better or, like, oh, you shouldn't act that way or anything. He just let me be just as angry as I wanted to be. And so, you know, I did that <laughs> towards the end of high school. Uh, I actually lived with him my first year of college. And I just felt like I didn't care, but I felt the Holy Spirit pushing on me like that pressure of the Holy Spirit on your heart. And I never felt like the I don't care Natalie was me. It felt Hmm. like a fake. And I felt like people could probably see through it, honestly, that Hmm. like it really was just me like seeing how far I could push it. Like, well, okay, I'm going to move in with my boyfriend. I'm going to party quite a bit and I'm going to dress however and I'm just going to be this person. Like, I'm going to be this identity, like, to the full, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, at this time, my sister, my older sister, again, the one who I went to high school with, uh, she's at Union College. And she's still, you know, doing the right things, <laughs> very spiritual and, you know, a very strong influence in my life before, not so much now that she's so far away. So, we had a couple conversations where she just told me, you know, I'm praying for you and you you should come out to Union. Like, I really want you to come out here. Um, mm-hmm. And for a while, I mean, like, it took about a year and a half after high school <clears throat> for me to kind of like get through, I don't know, get tired of what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. So a year and a half after high school i break up with that boyfriend who i'd been in with in high school or maybe a year i don't know i'm not great with dates richard's good at no, dates. Totally. yeah and uh, <laughs> and the relationship ends really poorly um lots of angry mm-hmm. and 
spiteful like actions and sure so I was like sure. I need to like get out of town <laughs> like he yeah. took my truck he turned off my cell phone like and then proposed to me no. the next week and then lots of just oh like, obviously kind of no yes kind of crazy yeah so I was like I need to get away oh, from this and it was like I decided I moved out with from his house and this is like in the fall like we moved we broke up moved out and like within I don't know a month I was at Union for you know the January the spring semester so Mm. I'm like during that like a month I am just like leaning on God like I don't know what I'm doing like I am a mess I've made a mess of my life I've just kind of like gotten away from you in every way I could like I've hid hidden from God in every way I could as far as like separating myself from influences good influences and all these things I had just kind of pulled myself away from him and it was just like a really cool time to just really lean on him and he was really there for me and like I felt Mm. it in in a real way that he would like speak to me through like I read reading the Bible a lot more and he was speaking to me for sure. So Mm. then when union happened, it just felt like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Like I'm not just running away, but also that God really wanted me to be there. And so Mm. like, you know how these stories go, like the money happens and everything falls into place and it worked. You're sure it did. Okay. (laughs) It's so just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, okay, we're going, we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. no money. So, you know, it's fine. Yeah, right? The finances will just get themselves figured out. It's not a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. man, you're entering into this. So you've lived up in, you know, into middle school, or I guess throughout high school, right? Like in religious sort of settings, Right? Mm -hmm. Because did you go to, okay, so this is not necessarily new in being at a religious institution. Right. But it's new in that I actually want to do this. Like, I Mm -hmm. want to be here. I feel that God is leading me. Exactly. Okay. And that was like a big deal, you know? Right. Totally. How did it, how did it work out then? Because this time it's different, right? So God's leading me. Here we go. So I like decided to change how I was acting, change how I was dressing, you know, took out piercings and wanted to dress more modest. And um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I just decided- I want you to give us a picture. Give us a picture no. of pre-union. <laughs> come on, come on. Give us a picture of well, what is she wearing? What is, okay, like, what are we doing? Well, I'm obviously, then- like, super tan, right? Because okay, obviously. Six, right? <laughs> right? Super tan. <laughs> Very a, a lot of bronzer. Uh, yes, straight ever living hair. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm seeing like it. all of my stomach is showing. Of course, like <laughs> super super low everything. Okay. Um, and then just so like, then how yeah, does this transition? Like, what what are we now? Right. So now I'm going to look like a Christian woman. Okay. And okay. Idea, yeah. We're doing that. Cover it up. Okay. Cover it up. Cover it up. Get those <laughs> elbows covered. You close up. Yeah, you cover those knees. Okay, so <laughs> the appearance thing, right, that seems to be the first thing that we can control, right? Mm-hmm. Like all sorts right. of Like so I'm going to look it at least. And, sure. Yes. Okay, so how did that translate then to the rest of your life? Like to kind of look the part and then right. keep going? Well, I think I knew I don't want to date for a little while. I was in this relationship 
it really imploded. It was ugly. And I really shouldn't have been in it in the first place. So I knew, like, I'm just not going to date for a while. I'm going to focus on me. And, okay. uh, you know, yes. <laughs> date myself. It's my favorite. No, I've never yeah, actually said that in life, really. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that idea. Like, I just need some time. Oh, okay. And also, I knew I wanted to be in a Christian marriage. Like, I knew that that mm. is what my heart really wanted, that I really felt like, I wanted to pursue God and like, yeah, pursue mm. God. Like I'm going to do it. Um, and so I did. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I right, tried right, right. to, <laughs> you know, tried to have mm-hmm. devotions and read my Bible. Um, and I mean, it just never got too deep because I still felt like I kind of had to like earn it. And so it was hard for me to read mm. the Bible. It was like, yeah, that looks really good. I want to love the Lord with all my heart. I want to, you know, I want to have faith that helps me to be obedient. I, <laughs> I don't mm. want to sin. All these things I wanted, but it was very hard to, to manifest it, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it still stayed surface, but I was open. Okay. I was open to God. But it was the desire of your heart. Like the desire was, yeah. oh, I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to live for you. Okay, so it's yeah. tricky, though, to enter into that when the expectation is I have to do it. Like, I have to yeah. work, I have to earn, I have to achieve, I have to control. Um, Very much. So then you lived in that all through college, I'm assuming, just the working and earning a relationship. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. I mean, I tried, and then I just um, would kind of give up and have those times where I was like, yeah, I just can't really do this. Like, it doesn't look like it looks for other people. I don't actually, like, it feels like work. Pursuing God is a mm. lot of work, so there's something wrong with me. Like. I'm not doing it right. I'm not disciplined or whatever it is. Like I haven't put in enough 6 a.m. devotionals because it's just not like easy. It's not what I really can do all the time. So it was kind of, you know, up and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Man, and this is where we have the phrases where like people will come back from like a Christian summer camp. They're like, I'm just on a Mm -hmm. high. Like I am just riding this Jesus high, honey. And it's like just this idea that it's always based on feelings, which are rooted in how much we have done. Like I'll feel good as long as I have been present. Like I have done Mm -hmm. the thing. I have done my part. Oh yeah, that is, it is an exhausting place to be stuck in Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. So this is where you are spiritually. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're flowing. It's up and down. It's happening. So any relationships, did you stick with the, I don't want to (laughs) date? Right. So not so much. Um, I I feel like March of that year of that semester is when Richard and I started dating. Like we met (laughs) and I, I know. Is that crazy? We like met through a friend in a way, like my friend liked him. And so I, she was a little quiet, even quieter than me, which is shocking. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, well, you should just like try to be where he is or like, you know, just try to like get around him more. She's like, I don't know. He doesn't talk to me. I don't think he likes me. So one night we were all going to go out to eat after an event at the school. And I was like, well, let's get in his car. And then that way, like, you'll kind of be with him, you know, as you guys go. So we get in the car and it's Richard Young's car. And he is doing his like, like, take Richard now and then like back it up to being like, what, 21, 22 years old, not free, Richard. And he is like going to have the spotlight. 
Like he will sure. be the loudest and the most entertaining mm-hmm. in the room or the car. Okay. So we get there. And obviously, like for me, people who want to put spotlight on me, no, no, no. So he would try to talk to me. We're all at this table, like 20 college kids. And he's like, you know, halfway down the table. I'm halfway over here. And he yells like from that end of the table. Hey, uh, notice all those guys really been talking about you in the dorm. And uh goodness (laughs) all the hispanic guys yeah i really like you all hispanic guys i'm like i yeah i don't think so and so just kind of like okay yeah like across the room and i'm just like okay do not mess with me like (laughs) i will bring you down (laughs) like do not put number one do not put me out in front of everybody and draw attention to me because that's not what i want at all and yeah I'm not into your whole thing. So really wasn't into him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, sure. That, which makes sense based on what we now know about you. That's just not right. going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. I just want to be in the background. Um, sure. And I guess he notices me that night and starts to try to like connect with me on campus, you know. But again, mm. doing his very like aggressive in your face. I'm so cool. I'm so hood thing (laughs) and like i feel like again i could see through it like i could see that he really was insecure i mean and that he really needed this attention like he really Mm. needed it and so of course i'm not gonna give him any attention you know right like that's Mm -hmm. what you're working so hard for no not gonna (laughs) happen so it just really was like an unlikely thing because i was not having it but what happened was i could see that underneath all the i'm so cool i'm so hood was this guy who was like a really genuine like christian and like Mm. really genuinely like very nice person like okay really nice really respectful to me very kind um seemed like he had really good morals and mm-hmm. you know held himself to a certain standard and that's what attracted me even though like mm. he wanted so badly for me to like come watch his basketball games and like worship him as a basketball player mm-hmm. i just wasn't into that either no. he would like lay on the court after a loss and like pout and no. like i oh, just could no. not be a part oh, of it no we simply can't do that and so no, no, no. i just couldn't go i was like i don't want to do that <laughs> Um, (laughs) so it really like, is like a benefit to him that he really had like this actual genuine personality, personality, you know, cause then I just couldn't deny it because he was going to be the guy, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It circles back to this. Um, I do want to be a Christian and I want to marry somebody who also holds that value and that standard. Okay, so you see, and you're like, wait a minute, it could work. It, you know, we could make this. It's so interesting because from what we just learned from his podcast is that he desperately needed that thing, just that affirmation, Mm -hmm. those words of just like, oh yeah, no, you're you're great and you're talented and I love you and you are the complete opposite, right? Like if I know that you want it, you're not going to get it from me. You're and so it's almost it. like because of that, <clears throat> you guys just fed into each other in this really interesting way that worked. Right. right? Like it's what he worshiped eventually, me. 
Right. <laughs> because he was going to do whatever it took to actually yeah. get what he wanted from you, right? Which was right. the the affirmation and the love yes. and the attention. Yes. And so you could just be like, no. And you could just like mm-hmm. come along and keep doing it over and over. Right. Again. Okay, very interesting. So then you yeah. end up dating, right? You're together. It's we happening. end up dating. It happened. I went against everything and didn't date myself. <laughs> Richard Young. Praise God, right? Here we are. Praise God. So, I know. Yes. <laughs> we love it. So tell me about that relationship. <laughs> this is now a relationship. Um, You're out of your ex- scenario mm-hmm. with the like toxic mm-hmm. anger um and he's this christian guy with similar morals right. and standards so now how what does this relationship look like so i think that you know of course again it's hard to me hard for me to let someone in so i'm letting him in mm-hmm. a little bit at a time you know we really like honestly could talk for like 10 straight hours we're very mm-hmm. compatible as far as we love to spend time together but there's not a lot of compatibility outside of that because he, as we all just learned, came from this very conservative, um, has like a Latin background, um, very much going to do the right thing if it kills him. We learned that like mm. that. And I don't think I fully understood that till I heard his mm. podcast. I'm like, I'm not crazy. You were <laughs> like unrealistically like, tied right. to like... Yes, because yes. I could always feel this like he just would get so mad if like things didn't look the way he wanted them to look. And he mm. would just get like very frustrated. So first it never affected me. But as we became a couple and he was this high profile guy on campus, everyone sure. knew. And so people looked at us and, you know, we had a hard time working through a lot of our differences. I, you know, I ne- don't necessarily, um, I don't have to say this. I don't necessarily feel like I grew up understanding how to respect a man. Um, okay. Okay. And unpack so, that a little yeah. bit for me as much as you yeah. can. Yeah. To me, it was like, I think I just subconsciously just had this like anger directed at men maybe some distrust um, and kind of this just uh, kind of an understanding just looking at my dad and kind of the way things were framed to me about how my dad had acted in his, you know, our family. Mm. My dad had really blown it as far as what mm. I had just learned growing up. That he had really blown it and it was like brought up frequent enough that like I think I just kind of saw men as just kind of flakes or not really going to, you know, put themselves on, you know, put their family first. Sorry, what I mean to say. Um, mm-hmm. not going to take care of their family, not going to, you know, just all these things. Like that was just reinforced for me growing up was that I really couldn't trust them to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was like I saw Richard and I had an appreciation for him and I loved him. I fell in love with him. But at the same time, it was kind of hard for me to respect him. Um, And I don't at first it wasn't like I even was thinking to myself, like, well, you got to earn my respect. Um, That came later. (laughs) But uh, at first it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there because I think the way I dealt with him was to kind of like belittle him to like keep him in check 
And it was really, it's very sad. It's very sad. But I just, I did, I think, feel like I had to have a certain amount of power and control. And he obviously needed all the power and control because he had a very, Mm -hmm. a big job on his shoulders of what we were going to Mm -hmm. look like and how we were going to act. Sure. Um, But I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be told what to do. And I wasn't going to be shaped into this perfect Mrs. Young. Natalie, we are so similar. <laughs> I realize. Okay, so, and that, what you just shared, is absolutely fascinating, considering, mm-hmm. again, what we learned from Richard, right? So your thing is, I'm just not going to respect you because I don't know how, number one. And number two, mm-hmm. I can tell that you want me to, and so because of that, I'm, I'm not going to, because mm-hmm. it's expected of me, and so I have to push right. back on that to assume some control again. Um, and then that's right. extra interesting because Richard so desperately needed, and that's just what he expected yeah. going into marriage. Right, like the danger of right. expectation because you're entering oh, yeah. into this thing with your own. Killed like with, us. I've seen how this thing plays out. Like I've seen <laughs> what happens with men, right? And he's yeah. going into it with like, we're never going to argue and you will always respect me. So like this is, <laughs> this is the challenge uh, of marriage. A match okay. made in hell. Yes. <laughs> We were no, like it's so incompatible. Good. Man, this really is just too too good because I know I know what's coming. Okay, so you get married though, right? Like this, we get you're married. Like, we're gonna do this. Okay. okay, we like fight quite a bit leading up to the engagement. We cannot be nice to each other, um, sure. even to the point where I am told I probably should go to therapy if I don't want to marry him because there's probably something wrong with me. Because I was like, I don't think uh, we should get married yet. Uh, and so I was given an ultimatum. Well, if you uh, don't want to get married now, then I think you should go to therapy to work that out. Like why it is you don't want to get married. Because you came from a you know family of divorce. And so let's fix you. And it mm, wasn't so much like uh, we yikes. are this toxic little thing. Yeah. But it was my oh, fault, God. you know. So that came across a little before we got engaged. So I went to therapy. I did it. Definitely okay. built up a lot of resentment. Um, and just kind of that like reinforcement of I'm not really normal. I mm. don't really like know how to do life because I am kind of weird. I came from all this crazy background and I really believed it. Like it definitely was like, yes. I am, you know, like Joey, I am Joey. <laughs> I'm gross. Like I just went with it. And so mm. go into the engagement. We get engaged because I didn't want to break up with him, you know, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I could just feel like we just it was it was hard. So we get married. Mm. Even at my wedding, I just felt I don't know. Something made mm. me just feel like nervous. Like I just didn't feel quite Right. And I just knew, like, this isn't how you're supposed to feel on your wedding. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just smiling and getting through it. But yeah. I just felt kind of, like, yeah. <laughs> nervous. And uh-huh. I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, Really felt like it was my fault, though, that I felt that way. Like, I feel this oh. way because I'm a mess. Because I don't have my stuff together. He is together. He has done life the right way, made the right choices. And the fact that I feel this way is because of me. So I didn't tell Hmm. him. I didn't anything. I just like 
kept going and kept trying to fake it, you know, not fake it. Well, sure. All, you well, know, all of it. But trying it to look- like, like I was so excited and happy and this was going to work out. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Being tw- in your 20s and like getting married is crazy. <laughs> oh, no, I just I like feel like I couldn't like, even. The Lord that any of this works. Yeah. yeah. Like your brain doesn't work. All no, the way. it just uh, does. It really. Yeah. No. And that's just like a scientific thing. So um, it's yeah. interesting because what you just described really um, plays into the themes that we've seen developing already. Right. So this mm-hmm. idea that like I am seen as different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And this makes me very uncomfortable. And because I have this desire to control things, I am just going to pretend like I'm in it with all the rest of you. Like, I'm right. just as happy as all the guests at my wedding. Like, I am yes, absolutely I on board with this. Right. And meanwhile, you're thinking, like, uh, wait a minute. Wait. Maybe not, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like mm-hmm. what the off thing was was not Richard, right? It wasn't <laughs> even the relationship. It was no putting something else in someone else's hands, right? Like, putting mm-hmm. your expectations and your love and what needs to be met in Richard's yes. hands, right? And even though right. it felt like that's what you wanted, like I want someone to love me mm-hmm. back, like I want to be in this in this beautiful relationship. It's scary right. to do that because it's not scary. where we're completed. Like that's right. not what does it. And so it's mm-hmm. a little good that it felt scary. You know what I mean? Because it was like, yeah, yeah. absolutely it felt scary because that's not who's going to fulfill you. It's not. And we believe this anyways, mm. let me not even. Let me no, not that's even so good. I want you to finish. Yeah, well, you know, it's just this this lie that we will be made whole by our partners Mm -hmm. and that we will be. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I put a ton of pressure on Richard without really like meaning to. But again, I judged everything he did. Are you showing me that I'm worth your time? Are you showing me I'm worth your energy? Do you want to talk to me right now? Do you want to be, you know, home with me? And as we heard, he didn't really want to be home with me. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do mm-hmm. college 2.0. He wanted to be in three, you know, intramural leagues, city leagues. He wanted to be <laughs> at Literally. ASB events and traveling. Yeah. And he got filled at those places. And so at first, mm-hmm. I mean, it just felt like, oh, whatever. And then over time, it just became this pattern of my husband doesn't seem to get anything of benefit from me. I'm not really hmm. like his happy place. Um, that's how I saw it. And so then I started to become resentful of that. Like my husband mm-hmm. doesn't really want to be around me. It must mean that I'm probably not interesting, that I'm probably not really uh... like someone like worth spending time with. And so I took it personally and then I just got angry. Like, how Mm. dare you? Like, that flip side of, like, insecurity is to be, like, defend this thing that you don't even think is worth this person's time. But I'm going to defend it and I'm going to come after you. Hmm. So then a lot of fighting over those kinds of things. Like, where were you? Why weren't you home? Don't you want to be home? Don't you care? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, measuring everything he did all the time. You know, does it show me that I'm valuable? Does it make me feel loved? You know? Um, yeah, let's, very, let's speak imagine. on that. Let's speak on that for yeah. a little bit, because I think that is, that is a huge mm. thing, um, yes. in marriages, relationships, mm. but in specifically, relationships. yeah, right. But specifically mm-hmm. marriages. So 
tell me more about what it felt like to desire this thing from someone else and not receiving it. Like, what right. did that do for the relationship? <laughs> the relationship. Not a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, so I said... <laughs> Spoiler alert, nothing. Okay. The, <laughs> definitely the resentment. And then mm-hmm. uh, to go with that, you're not making me feel valued. You're not uh, speaking my love language. Oh, also, geez, to go yes. with that, he was also putting so much pressure on himself uh, to create this marital bliss. So that looked like him getting really angry at me. You should want to do this. You should act a certain way as my wife. Um, mm. We, like, one of the silly things, like one day, you, you know, a week or so into getting married, it was like 6.30. And he was like, what are we going to eat? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want to get? And he's like, well, I don't care. Just whatever you make. And I was like, oh, I have to make it? And like, just like these little things, like realizations of like, you are expected to take care of me completely. And if you don't, it means that you don't respect me. You don't respect the position that I'm in as your husband. Um, And if you don't respect me, like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you know? And it would just be like these like horrible fights of like, kind of attacking each other's characters because it was like, you're not giving me the thing I need. So what is wrong with you? You must be this horrible person, this person who is hateful, this person who is selfish, this person. And so I did. I just started seeing my husband as someone who saw me as like I wasn't enough because he Mm. did put all this pressure on me to act and look a certain way as his wife. Mm. Um, And like we heard, he didn't even really... Like, he didn't know how to communicate it. And so he would just get angry, and it would be about a silly thing like dinner. And so I'd be like, well, why But why are you so mad? Like, I just don't get why you're so mad. And he couldn't really communicate it. Like, well, you know, it's because I feel like I have to perform. I have to create this marriage, you know, this perfect picture-perfect thing. Um, and so he was actually feeling pressure on himself and angry at himself. But it didn't look like that to me. It was just angry at me, and you aren't you aren't good as a wife. I would say things again, like that theme of, well, how would you know how a marriage is supposed to go? How would you know? Um, Mm. Just like any, like a lot of decisions, like bank accounts, like he wanted us to have the same bank account, but then he would hound me about every dollar I spent. So I was like, well, I'm done with that. And that became like a huge area of contention because why would you want to have a separate account? Like we are married and married people just do this. But that would be like the end of his explanation. I'd be like, yeah, but why? Like, do we have <laughs> to? Like, this like, is the beginning I don't of the conversation. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. And he could never like explain anything. It was just like, well, because we have to. Mm. Um, <laughs> and for me, again, like I internalized it. It's my fault. I'm hmm. not quite right. There's something missing in me. And so I just can't perform in this marriage the way my husband would like me to perform. You know, I'm just not it. Um, so years of that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. That sounds gets, like a really fun time. It just gets uglier mm-hmm. and uglier. And mm-hmm. we get more and more angry and hurt at each other. I mean, our fighting just becomes vicious and relentless and just, I mean, 
constantly fighting, a lot of fighting. And I mean, just a lot of trust got broken down. I mean, a lot of like my ability to put myself out there because it was pretty tenuous to start with that ability, you know, that little reach out there to be like, I will be open. And I just kind of took it back. I didn't want to be uh, vulnerable in front of a person who lost their temper, who could hurt hmm. me. You know what I mean? The way that he hurt me in oh, fights. Sure. And I'm, I'm saying verbal, not anything like that. Just the sure, way sure, we would sure. fight. It was very hurtful because it was like hmm. attacking me personally. And I attacked him just just as bad like i'm not well i mean i'm not flawless yeah, yeah, yeah. um the old morgan and natalie's of the world aren't just gonna sit there and take it <laughs> like no, we will no. be active gonna... participants in this right. hurling of insults. and i had him yeah, yeah, yeah. all figured out and i knew how to hurt him i knew sure. what oh, and you did wanted. know that and I, that's the thing yeah mm-hmm. 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 and i did and so we uh get to probably i don't know we had kids then four years into marriage four or five years into marriage and that was just like another area where I did not feel like I was worth his time because parenting in his, you know, in his eyes or in his experience of whatever he came into marriage with was my job. It was all my job. He would be there if I specifically asked him to do something, then he would do it. And I also had a ton of pressure. I wanted to be a great parent because he had quite frequently told me about how wonderful his mother had been as a mother to the point where she's Mm -hmm. written books like she is very good at being a mother very good at being a wife and I I was occasionally measured up to her and then frequently in my mind I would take things and be like yeah I know what he's thinking and he may or may not have been thinking it but I went into being a mother as like okay I'm going to do it the right way. Like I am going to shine at being a mother because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a mother with my whole heart. Like, like the second day we were married, I'm like, all right, let's have a baby. And he's like, no, (laughs) because it's all I wanted was to be a mom. Uh (laughs) So it was what I wanted. And I knew like it made me happy, definitely being a mother. But then again, was another area where I just felt like I was being measured against uh, this perfection and I was really falling short um I developed like (sighs) postpartum depression and anxiety um and then I just I just I don't know it just kind of took hold of me and I just felt like this very I don't know anxious loneliness like I was very much Mm. alone like I think being Mm. a new mother you feel very vulnerable like Okay, because yes, I, like, I really want to go into this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I really want to press in yeah. because I feel like you have a very unique experience with that that not mm. nobody really has, I don't know about BB, but um, aside from all the other people who have been interviewed, nobody can really speak to that. And I think it's absolutely essential that we do. So, oh. you know, just for like the freedom element that can exist in mm-hmm. the post- I know, I want to have a kid now. Anxiety. Right. Yes. No, exactly. Okay. So what mm-hmm. does, what does life look like in postpartum depression? Well, it was very flat. I would say you just feel very flat emotion wise. You don't have highs. Okay. You don't have lows. Nothing makes me happy. I just didn't feel mm-hmm. anything. I just felt mm-hmm. blah all the time. And then the anxiety would just come on out of nowhere where I would just feel like that pulse racing. To the point where 
it was like a week after I had the baby and I thought, oh, maybe I've developed some sort of like postpartum infection or something. Like I really felt like I was like, because that was the first time I'd ever had an anxiety attack. And it was like this pressure being put on me because my mom was in town and she was giving me her parenting advice. But I had to go with my mother-in-law's parenting advice because Richard was putting this pressure on me of like, what, wait, you're not going to change the plan. Like we have this plan and we're going to stick to this plan. And, and I had like a full blown panic attack and just felt like horrible, you know, just pulse Mm -hmm. racing, sweaty, everything. So that kind of keeps going on and off, on and off during pregnant or during postpartum period. I'm home, you know, you're on maternity leave. My husband doesn't necessarily care about the baby like to him. And he would just say like, well, I'll I'll connect with the baby when it can talk. Like I'll be interested in it. Um mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I was sleep training Nola and I was constantly 24-hour care and I just felt like I didn't have an identity anymore. It was mm-hmm. like everything Oof, that made okay. me me ahead of, you know, before you have a baby. It's like everything that makes you you kind of has to go away because she's born in January also. I'm stuck in the house. You don't feel like you know enough to even like take your baby to the store is like this overwhelming thing. Going to your first doctor's appointment, you're like wearing a diaper, trying to get like Mm -hmm. the baby's feeding time right, trying to get dressed, trying, you know, like you just can't even like go and do what you want to do. Your body is all gross and oozy and like Mm -hmm. you just don't I for me, I just didn't have like a self identity. Like I just wasn't anything. I just kind of lost myself and I just felt Mm. like very powerless, like stuck in this, but powerless, just kind of like. Right. I yeah, very panicky feeling quite a bit of the time. Okay. Yeah, no, that checks out because that makes me feel panicky mm. just thinking about it. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, right. So now you're in this place of okay, I'm a mom. Um, we're doing this. I'm gonna figure this out <laughs> with everyone else's opinions surrounding me right. and what I should or should not be doing. My husband's mm-hmm. not like involved in the way that I think he should be, and because right. of that, the way he's I had envisioned this lie. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because he's not, it's feeding into this lie that I believe about men to begin with, that they can't be mm-hmm. trusted. And, you know, so, yeah, it's yeah. interesting how our life experiences tend to, like, feed into and support lies that we believed very yeah. early on. Because they become the lens that we see people and the way that we see things. And so mm-hmm. while that might not have been the yeah. reality may of not the have situation... Been it. Right. But because it's what you know, and it's how you see mm-hmm. things and experience, it's like, oh, now you're not trustworthy. Like you are yeah. just co-signing all of the beliefs that I've already had about you. Right. So um, how is it then? Where's God in this? Where are we yeah, true. spiritually? We left him behind in college. All right. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're bringing about how, where are we spiritually? Hmm. I, I, again, I think I was back to the whole, like, God, I messed up again. I yell at my husband and I, I'm just pitiful and I'm a mess. And I really would love if you would bail me out and fix me. Um, occasional prayers like that. But I don't think I really had like a spiritual life as far as how we say, like, you know, 
connected to God regularly? No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I, I like even thinking like, where was God? I don't know. I wasn't, mm. I just wasn't really pursuing him. I felt right, far from right. him. And I think the situation, the more my husband let me down, I think I got more angry at God because I really mm. felt like God had brought me to union. I really felt on a certain level that Richard and I were supposed to be together. But it was like, here we are, we're together, and this is horrible. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to do this anymore. I'm all alone in it. I'm just, you know, like sledging through as this mother. I don't think that's the word, sledging. I can't think of the word. It wasn't pretty. I just felt like I was barely getting through life and I was alone, not wanted. And I was also a disappointment to my husband. And so uh, that just made me feel even more angry. I was just angry. Mm -hmm. And like it it gave me like this justification to be nasty. Like my husband doesn't do anything. So I can talk to him however I want. I'm tired. So I can just be rude. I can be disrespectful. It just, it was like, it justified a lot of really negative behavior that I just kind of like allowed to just build and build in me. Like this was who Mm -hmm. I was now. And he knew it. He could feel the disappointment I had in him because he had let me down. Hmm. And so <laughs> it's terrible. How how had he let you down? Just in not being He who didn't you make me to be? feel right. He didn't make me feel good about myself. And that's not what I would have said at the time. I would have given you sure. like literally a two-page list. But it all <laughs> added up <laughs> to my husband doesn't make me feel good about myself. He doesn't um. make me feel worth anything like because I needed him to show up and be involved or something. And the thing is, is like he would try to do it. And I, it didn't always like have the desired effect. Like he would be present. Yeah. He would be involved in it. It's just like I still felt empty and low. And yeah. then it would add to this guilt. Like I just would carry around this guilt of like, oh, it's me. I'm just messed up in my head. And I'm just. It's all me because he is trying. Like, look at him trying. And like, you can't even look at him and see that he's trying and give him the benefit of the doubt. You're just this hateful person. And I really believed it. it. Man. And uh, okay. Okay. So that's that's an interesting (laughs) thing. So what you're describing sounds like what I've read in the Bible and that I've lived Mm. personally. It's this crazy desire honestly to keep record of wrong um and as it turns out perfect love does not do that but that's not how we were living back in these times so (laughs) it's just this thing of oh well i have to keep track of everything that you've done to me because Mm -hmm. i need to make sure i know where we stand so because i have to be in control like i need to protect myself so because you've done all these things i'm keeping track of them and you can try and earn my love and my trust back, but you're going to have to double time, right? So you're going to have to make up yes. for what you've done. Right. And, then and on it top better of that, look be right, better. sound right. That's yeah, right. It better be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's an uphill battle. It is. It is an uphill battle for these yes. individuals. And this is, but it was so self-righteous, right? Like, well, no, like you oh, yeah. did this yourself. 
Like, yeah. if you would have been good all along, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, like, oh, sorry, yes. I did fault, feel so. perfectly justified. And yeah. people, and like, you'll hear him say, people saw, you know, certain people close to us saw how he was at home. And okay. it was almost like worse because they would commiserate with me or I could commiserate with them and they would mm-hmm. empathize with me, sympathize with what I was going through. And then I thought, yes, yes. like yes. he is Duh. this thing I see him as. He is mm-hmm. selfish and only going to do da 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 da. Um, and just would reinforce. And so I feel like that's something that I think we've heard more of lately. Like when someone is struggling, sympathizing isn't necessarily going to be, it's not going to help them in the long run because all it does is it like gives them a pass. Like, yeah, you go girl, you show him, you get that respect, you make him work. And people will say that it's not too late to train your husband. And <laughs> I yeah, know what they mean. Oh, me. Yeah, no. But you're like, yeah. But it does. It gave me just this pass to just be like even more like you just, you know, you're just yeah. not measuring up. You just aren't it. Yeah. And he never was going to, right? Because you were entering Mm-mm. into this knowing like you're not going to be trustworthy because mm-hmm. ex-boyfriends hadn't been, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like in the family pattern. Other, like, the yeah. dad had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like it You were going into this the only way that you knew how, which was you're not going to be able to measure up. But I really Mm -hmm. want you to, like, because (laughs) I want to feel loved. Like, I want to feel worthy. And I feel like you can give it to me because if you can't, then I don't know who can. Newsflash, it's Jesus. But it's just this crazy thing of, like, I want this to work, but I'm also going into it knowing it's not going to. Okay, so you're in this spot, right? And Mm -hmm. listeners, it's a beautiful thing because... (laughs) this is not where we end this is not where it stops but what we're describing what you're outlining and we're kind of getting into is actually a very high percentage of marriages Mm. um and so it's interesting i learned recently that when you compare the christian church to non-christian the numbers of like Alcohol abuse are the same. The numbers of divorce rates, like the number Mm -hmm. of domestic abuse is the same. So it's just interesting, right? And that is very clear to me. We are, as a Christian church, believing wrong, right? Right. I don't even want to say doing wrong because it has nothing to do with what we're doing. It Mm -hmm. has everything to do with what we're believing. Because what you believed going into this was that you had to work, right? And that Mm -hmm. people then had to work for your love. Right. And your trust. Right. That's the and, thing. Um, I have. Yeah. I couldn't give him any slack because I was working hard. Why aren't you working mm-hmm. hard? I'm trying to Oof. do all the things you want me to do. I know how to work hard. I can muster it up and I'll just keep working. And so that's where I was. Definitely. We, we moved to Minnesota, like you probably heard. We moved up there in 2015. And I was still going to work on this relationship, you know. We were going to figure it out. We both were committed to staying in the relationship. Um, and Richard would say, you know, I, want, I don't want it to just be good. I want it to be great. And I knew, like, mm. he, and it, it was kind of touching. Like, he is very devoted to this relationship. And so on mm. some levels, I felt very touched. Like, he really won't give up on us. 
But then it mm. also just felt felt like he was going to like self help uh, like self help book us <laughs> into a happy marriage. Like yes. we were taking the quizzes Literally. about our sex no. lives. We were doing the yeah, communication sure, books and the you know all the oh, tools. No. Oh, and yeah. I had gone to therapy again in Lincoln, oh. probably before my daughter was born. I went by myself. We also went to couples therapy in, in Lincoln. Um, neither of those were great. One of my therapists sure. was like, I think you should get divorced. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't know if this is like, hey. this is like a trick or yeah. if she really meant it. Yeah, um, so not very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were still trying to fix it. We get up there. Um, he said, you know, in his podcast, he explained he even more so didn't want to be home. Like, he wanted mm-hmm. to be in the dorm or in the gym or out talking to people. He didn't want to mm-hmm. be home. And I mean, it makes sense. I was this very record of wrongs taking wife, very, mm-hmm. you have let me down already today. Are you going to dig yourself out of this hole? You know, like that's just mm-hmm. how I acted. And I mean, yeah. but because he didn't want to be home, it just kept reinforcing this like, you're really just not worth loving. Like, Right. He just doesn't want to be around you because you something's wrong with you and you're really just not worth it. Right. Um, yeah. No, so then we had, yeah. Very ugly fighting again. We had another kid, of course. Like, why not? <laughs> and yeah. he was I born mean, up there in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Let's he's add another one. most wonderful child. He's yeah. the best. And oh, I, so I loved being a mom. And I poured myself into it, but I always felt like, well, I'm giving my all. Why aren't you? I -hmm. will literally, like, lay my life down, my energy, my time down for these kids. But you won't, you know, Mm -hmm. you won't do the things I think you should do, what I think a husband should do, what I think a father Mm -hmm. should do. Mm -hmm. Um, Felt kind of taken advantage of, like, just let me kill myself while you get to go off and just be, a, in essence, a single guy. That was something I, like, hurled at him a few times in a fight. Like, you're pretty much okay. a single guy. Like, you get to live your life waking up and only thinking, what does Richard want to do today? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do with my time? And that's what he would get to do. He would just do Richard all day. At least yeah. that's how I felt. And right. I was, like, tethered to these two kids. And I to loved babies, it. but. Right. Yeah, I resented it. Like, I resented just this, like, I'm all in, but he's not all in. And so, again, that feeling of just, like, alone and, like, the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like, it is up to me. And, like, you'll see these mommy memes where they, like, show, like, the mental weight that moms carry. Or they'll show, like, Mm -hmm. mom getting ready for a vacation and it's, like, tons and tons and tons of things. And dad getting ready for a vacation and it's, like, wakes up 15 minutes before flight, throws underwear in bag (laughs) and goes. And it's really how I felt our lives were was like the mental, like, you know, the mental side of it was all on me. All the tasks mostly were on me. And he just kind of like popped in and out. Popped in, got to have a good time and popped on out. Okay. And was done. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the next fun time. So you're in this for years and years. Now you're two Mm -hmm. sweet, precious babies in. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of still the same trends, the same theme of we are living at each other's expense. Like Mm -hmm. you have to meet my love languages in order for me to feel loved so that I can love you. So we hear from Richard 
that something changes, right? And he realizes yeah. this truth <laughs> that is the gospel and Crazy. things begin to change. What does that look like on your end? Because you're still carrying well, your stuff. Yes. And I had at this point pretty much checked out of our marriage. As sure. far as like you said, like the fighting would boil down to a record of wrong proving I would love you the way you want me to, but you've done all these things wrong. So you fix this. Mm-hmm. I will fix this. And then we would, we would say over and over, okay, so we're going to try to just give each other the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. like not think the worst of each other. And, and we're just going to love each other. And like Aww. we would just like that would be the end of the Praise fight. God. And like that was our hope. And like, okay, tomorrow's going to be better. So okay. then that's kind of. After a while, I just couldn't like rally and like be like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is fixable. I can do better. You are going to change. Like give him that benefit of the doubt or even myself. So the fight started ending with, yeah, I don't know me saying I don't know what to do. Like I mm-hmm. am just empty. Like that was a big thing. I felt like I was trying to like fabricate love out of thin air. And it felt like a very real, like, I'm just empty. And I just oh. feel like I'm a black hole of negativity. And you're right. Like, you don't deserve to be talked to or treated the way you were. And I, I'm mad at myself that I did that. Like, I don't like myself. Like, I act this way and I don't want to, but I don't know what to do. And so that, used, that would just start to become, when you move to Kansas City, We'd have fights. That would just be the end of the fight with, yeah, you're right. I messed up. I don't know what to do about it. I can't even begin to like give you because he needed reassurance that we were going to get better because he needed us to be good. And so he'd be like, well, don't you like, aren't you going to work on this? Or I'm like, yeah, like, what's the point? Like, because the inside of me is so dark and angry and negative. Like, I can tell you. Like, Richard, I'm going to have a patient voice with you tomorrow. All this stuff. But it felt like such BS. Like, sure. And so I just was checked out. I just didn't know how yeah. to become the person that I wanted to be. I wanted to be respectful. Oh. I would tell him, I don't even know what respect looks like. I don't know how to even fake it. Um, I wanted to be patient with him. I didn't want to see him as the sum of all the bad things he had done in his whole life. Like that's all I saw when I saw him was you have messed up and hurt me and that's who you are. That's who you will be. And so if you messed up in this moment, in this situation, then it's probably because you are this bad person. So he, yeah, yeah. (laughs) he came home to that every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that I think, yeah. He starts heavy. Yeah. So it's heavy. Like I was slipping into this depression. We've moved away from our Minnesota friends. I had gotten to know Alyssa Valit, who we've all gotten to know now on the Mm -hmm. podcast, Mm -hmm. who's this wonderful, energetic person. When I was with her a lot, I got to hang out with her a lot. I felt like I was okay. Like she is spiritual. I will just tag along and be spiritual with her. She is motivated, disciplined. She's a lot of the things I just can't even like get together to get dressed and like get going some days. But she is and she like motivated me and I felt better about myself because 
I could be her friend. And in her eyes, I was like all these amazing things, even though I didn't, mm. I didn't see them. But she appreciated me so much and wanted so bad to like to be close to me. And so it was just such a great friendship to have in that time of my life and any time of my life, honestly, because yeah, it yeah. did. It just it alleviated a lot of that just hopeless feeling in me. But then we mm-hmm. moved to Kansas City in 2018. And so I was very isolated. I felt, again, very alone. And I definitely just started to become more and more depressed. Um, you know, just little things would just be like, oh, well, spiraling down into like guilt, into like frustration, into anger at myself, at my husband. Just little things would tip me, set me off. And I would just kind of mm-hmm. like spiral down into this just kind of hopeless land. Like I just would sit in it like, huh, I don't know. Nothing's yeah, changing. This is all right. God like isn't, working, God isn't helping trying. us. Yeah. yeah right, I guess we'll right, just right. be like roommates. So then my I husband, <laughs> my <laughs> husband um, in 2019, early 2019, starts to talk about identity we have to understand our identity and the thing is with richard is this had to be probably the 10th like little kick he had gone on 10th or more of like i am going to be disciplined and work out and that will fix our lives like so he would do that or the self-help books we were going to follow that so it it didn't seem like anything outside of the norm and i kind of had gotten to the point where i just entertained it and like pretended to be like supportive and like, yeah, I'm going to change too. This will be great because he needed mm. so bad for it to be great. And I wanted it to be. So he's into this new thing, his identity in Christ. And if we can understand that. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, you know, just kind of on the outside of it um, goes into the summer and he's still on it, which if we know Richard, that's kind of crazy because like <laughs> he gets on kicks. He's like a starter. But he is not necessarily a finisher, or he used Mm -hmm. to be. I shouldn't position him. Um, And so it was surprising. (laughs) It was Uh surprising that he was still on this thing. I had heard about your marriage. You know, your marriage had Mm -hmm. definitely taken a hit from a little bit we had heard. And he was saying things about Tyler. Tyler's different. Tyler um, is actually really like upbeat and hopeful on the phone and like he's very positive and you know and it was it was just kind of these little things were actually getting through like my like cave of darkness that I just like lived in. Okay. You know, okay. Uh-huh. Was hearing and I was like this is yeah, that's so cool. That's great, you know. Yeah. And um he would talk about, you know, some of these things he was understanding about himself and I would think like I would put it, you know, put myself in it and think yeah but like I could have freedom from certain things holding me back because he was experiencing that but Mm. I haven't really been dedicated to like Christ like I have like as far as like disciplined in my like I'm going to pursue Christ and I hadn't really put in the time I hadn't put in the work um and I could just see this like dark heart that I had and I was like yeah I don't think that I can have that yet. Maybe I could have it at another point if I can just clean it up, clean up this whole like disaster that I'm in. That's like a decade mm-hmm. in of just, you know, taking a hold of me. I was just in it. 
Um, mm. So yeah, I would think that to myself. Like, yeah, that sounds really great. And like what peace would be in being free from all that weight of sin on our shoulders. Like that sounds great. Mm. But... You know, I don't know. You're like, but how though? Me. Like, I have all this exactly. stuff. Like, I can't just drop yes. it. I can't just all of a sudden right. be what you're describing. Yeah. Like, I've messed up. I can't up pick up my much. mat and walk. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I have uh-huh. to like rectify the situation first, mm. and I hadn't. That's that and work. I didn't feel. Oh yeah, I had to work, and I didn't have the power to work mm-hmm. anymore. So I was just like, mm-hmm. um, and then it kind of felt like part of. His experience, I'm like, maybe this is a cult. Like, I don't know what my husband's gotten <laughs> into, but these yeah, people favorite. have like a language to themselves. Sure, and it's like, sure. like, he's just repeating everything I hear Tyler telling him and uh-huh. he's just running with it. And so I was a little skeptical yeah, of the sure. whole thing. I get to that. Be honest. Very relatable. Yeah. Very so I just kind of kept it yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're and, hearing uh, him and you like it, right? Like it's checking out. You're like, yes, okay, yes. that sounds good. I just don't know, however, if it's possible. It's not um, for me. Do you notice? Yeah. Right. So do you notice anything in oh. him yes. that's changed? So okay. Richard, we get in a fight and like the way our fights go is that they will just escalate until, mm-hmm. I don't even know. They just escalate until like we both kind of give up. So we get into this fight. And I think I had been just like really angry at him and I said something really rude. So he's very mad at me. Like he is going to show me that he's mad. He's going to show me that I messed up and I'm going to have to like somehow convince him I'm not going to do it again because this is our fight. Right. So he's doing the really loud, angry thing. And I'm coming right back at him because I don't like to be yelled at and I don't like to be in confrontation and it just doesn't feel great. So we're doing the really ugly Mm -hmm. fighting. And then it just like two minutes in and he's just like, you know, never mind. I, I, uh, I don't know what he said. Kind of was like, I think I'm okay. I'm okay. You don't, I'm not going to like force you to apologize or something like that. And I was like, what in the world? Because I was very used to how our fights worked because he would act really angry and mean and I would take this like position of well I didn't act as ugly as you in that fight and I would shame him and like then he would have to work his way back to being close to me Uh, again like don't Uh even talk to me because you just acted like a real jerk in that fight and how dare you talk to me that way how dare you lose control and get lose your temper and I knew how to do that and I knew how to maneuver it and gain the power back and that's how I that's how I guess I just did fights. And now he did this little move of, it's okay. You don't have to apologize. I'm all right. And I didn't know what to do. And yeah, and I was going to say, what did you do with that? <laughs> I didn't do anything. I think he left the room. And like immediately I was like, oh, I just felt bad. Like I should just go apologize. Like I immediately wanted to apologize to him. And I felt like wow. so much like... Like, I think it just, we both put our weapons down and it was like, oh, this is just my husband and I don't want him to be sad. Like, I wish I hadn't hurt his feelings. And so I just went and apologized. And it just was such a weird, weird feeling because I don't think he had ever not like jumped into a fight. Like he was ready. And that was the first time he had ever ended it. And it was weird. So little things (laughs) like that. 
like little things yeah. where like I could just see him like working through <laughs> because if you know Richard, like you can see how he feels. Like oh, yeah. it's right there. And I would right. see him get angry, but then he would just let it go and like show me grace and stuff. And I was like, what hmm. in the world? Like, who is this? Um, he was like more just relaxed and happy. And he didn't hmm. seem like he was like having to like convince the world around him that he was this good guy and that he, you know what I mean? Like, cause before it was yes, like very much like he had like this whole thing and it was just like he just kind of there's more peace in him so i like didn't know what to do with that and like he said we had a couple times where he tried to share this with me and really like come at me and correct some of my my thinking well Mm -hmm. again no you really haven't he hasn't earned my trust he hasn't um just want to make sure we're still recording (laughs) oh I don't know. How can you? Can you imagine? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great conversation. I know, right? Do this again tomorrow. Uh, Oh, Yeah. Wow. That was a good check. Uh, check. Okay. Okay. Wait. Okay. So So, he tried to share it with you, but he had to earn back your trust. Right. And he just hadn't. He hadn't earned like the right to try to help me because he had tried to help me for years. He had tried to fix me as far as I had seen it. It was I had. Oh, sure. That's not going to work. He had tried to fix me. Yeah. Uh And uh I was done. I was like, there's no fixing this. This is a mess. Mm. You've tried. We've tried. Therapists have tried. Like professionals have tried. Mm. I've been on medication for depression. We've all tried, and there's mm. no fixing this. So just mm. you know, mm-mm, it's not you. And uh, told him that one time. Like this is not your place. You are not going to talk to me about this stuff anymore. Like that's it. Mm. So that was in the fall, probably of 2019 or late summer, August actually, because he talked about that fight we had, and that was where I finally like put my foot down. And I was like, no, mm-mm, no more. So he did. He respected that. But I guess then he started like earnestly praying for me along with mm-hmm. Tyler praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so still, uh, you know, this is maybe a cult. It's kind of weird. I'm not down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. He's going to go up that. to I'm Lincoln. <laughs> he's going to go up to Lincoln in uh, September, end of September, because all these people that he's kind of been connecting with um, through Tyler, watching their videos, all this stuff, are going to be there. And he's really excited. And mm-hmm. I actually thought, well, maybe I'll go. I don't know where that came oh. from. I don't know. But I also, like, didn't even try to get off work. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I wasn't that committed. I love that. Okay, yeah. yeah but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. part of me could not shake that feeling of, like, there is something about this that is mm. different and so good. And so I did start listening to the, um, I think it's PVC is the church where Jonathan did like a series of his LRT, the Love Reality Tour talks. And so I did start listening to those. It was kind of hard because it's a lot of information and Mm -hmm. I hadn't really been deep into my Bible in years. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm hearing. So I was just kind of trying to listen. Um, And then maybe a week or so before the event was supposed to happen in Lincoln. I'm in bed and I, I wake up at like before 5 a.m. I had this dream, like a really scary dream. I don't know what of, but the sensation was just like wake up in a panic, you know, and you're like, I'm not falling back asleep. So I just felt like impressed to get up and um, go for a walk and pray about this event that was going to happen because 
in this, like, right around that time, a lot of drama had happened. And the event was actually, like, it was being threatened to be canceled. It wasn't going to happen after all. And so for some reason, I felt like I needed to pray that this event would happen because somebody needed to hear the message that they were going to share. But also, I had this feeling of like, but if this is a cult, God, could you shut it down? Like, if you're trying to shut it down because it's a cult and my husband's about to like get into something dangerous, could you shut it down? But if you're- I remember having very similar feelings. Yes. (laughs) I was like, see, it's shut down for a reason. It's garbage. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Uh exactly. Uh So I just got up and went on a walk and I prayed for the meetings to happen or not happen. Excuse me. Right. Not happen. Um, and I really didn't think about it. He goes up there. He's, you know, lit and all excited and can't get enough of it. Yeah. Calling me and being right. like, you don't even know. There's so many people. The Holy Spirit showed up. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And so <laughs> then yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's Sunday morning and I'm at work and I'm like, you know, back in like the supply closet, like getting stuff. And he calls me and he's on his way home and he's like, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, OK, what's up? And he's like, well, last night, Morgan and Tyler became, they reconciled their relationship. And Morgan is completely free from all of this stuff, you know, this anger, this whatever, right? This pride and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And their relationship is completely reconciled. And I physically felt uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. Um, which was weird because we had been praying for you guys like all year and getting, I was very like invested in like, wow, this, you know, yeah. this is my friend, Tyler, his wife, who I yeah. don't really want to go around, but <laughs> very sad for him. The can't come down. Yeah. yeah. And I should have been happy and I wasn't, I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I felt like my skin was crawling, like, mm-hmm. ugh, like a chill just like went down my spine and the thought of like, oh, great. Now Richard's really going to try to fix me and like I'm next. Like he's going to come after me. Mm-hmm. And I was not happy about that at all. So I was sure. like, I'm good. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Like this situation is hopeless and depressing, but I'd rather stay in it than like see anything then, else. Like honestly, that's how I feel. Right. Super weird. So a <laughs> couple nights go by, like he's back um, in town and we're really good at like living separate lives, like just not seeing each other really. So we didn't really see each other mm. the first night after he's back. I think it's two nights maybe after that or a night. I don't know. Anyways, he comes home and he had had a conversation with a woman at work. And this woman has struggled with these feelings um, about not feeling like she was enough, not feeling like she was worthy of love. And so he says, you know, I really was able to help her to understand that, you know, it's not her fault and that God really loves her and she can accept mm-hmm. that love. Mm-hmm. And that I was good. like, hmm. And something about that situation just like kind of got me. And still I'm feeling very much like very standoffish. Like I don't want mm-hmm. to talk to Richard. I almost felt mm-hmm. mad at him, like just irritated at him. So we go to bed and we're laying there and and I said something about, well, something about that lady you told me, you know, I can identify with that like feeling, but I don't know how to fix it. Like, I don't know how to change it because I do feel 
trapped in this, you know, and I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of just feeling empty and negative, but I don't know how to fix it. Um, and he was like, well, why is it? And I was like, I don't know. Like, he's like, well, let's pray and the Holy Spirit will tell you. So I was like, okay, whatever. And, um, (laughs) the Holy Spirit told me that it was because I didn't feel lovable. Like, I really felt like Mm. I, like I've said, you know, for years, but because I had just felt like it was a problem with me, like something was missing with me, something was wrong with me. I was the cause of all of my pain. Like I was unlovable. My husband couldn't love me. People hadn't taken care of me. They had blown it. They had hurt me, but it was because of me. And I had internalized all of that to be like, it's me. And that's why God can't even love me. Like this stuff isn't for me because I'm not worth it. And um, I, I can't remember what he said specifically, but he spoke sure. truth over me and called out that lie and explained that it was a lie. And like one of the biggest things that like was a shift for me was like, you have all this negativity inside of you. You feel like it's your fault, but it was never your fault in the first place. Like you think that it's something that is wrong with you, but it's only because, you know, one man sinned. And now you're having to live, you know, in sin, in this sinful body, in this sinful world and take on all the effects of sin and reacting to it from that place of protection, of, you know, scarcity, of fear. But it's not your fault. And something about it not being my fault was just like the most freeing thing because I think I had always felt the guilt that it was my fault. I couldn't be loved. And that's why God could, I couldn't let God close to me. I couldn't accept his love. And so just the idea that I could even just accept his love, I could be loved, was crazy. And like it really, sunk in and so richard's just like just going you know through this and he's talking and we're in bed and i just felt like almost like paralyzed in bed i'm just laying there Mm -hmm. and i feel like i can't even move it's just like he's just talking and i'm just like accepting everything he's saying like i actually wanted to hear what he had to say for the first time like when he's talking about this stuff um and he's telling me i do have value that i am loved and valuable because I've accepted Jesus as my savior and I have the Holy Spirit in me that the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit has given me a new heart and I'm this new thing and I have been but I've been believing that I wasn't that I was this dark empty person and so he's saying this and it's just like I can't talk I can't move I'm just listening and it just felt like this moment hit where I just felt like these lies like we removed physically from my head and that I was just like sealed and like it all Mm. left like all of this like working hard to like read everybody around me to protect myself to earn love to prove that I was worth someone's time all of this like work that I had been doing for my whole life it just all left and in its place was just like peace and quiet and nothing and I felt lighter just like just like empty and just the lack of all that other stuff felt like the most peaceful thing um 
and I just, I couldn't even believe it. Like, I couldn't believe that that's what it was, that it was there all the whole time for me, just waiting, you know. And I had just been believing all these horrible things about myself and just living my life that way, you know. It yeah. was crazy. It is yeah. crazy, and I could cry if I. Um, oh, we're just not gonna do that. We're I usually that. cry. Yeah, it's oh. just not what we're gonna do right now. Okay, so um, oh, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so after oh, that, like fun. Richard says something like, "So I don't know what he was trying to say, but the idea was like, so now can you accept love?" And I was like, yeah, mm. of course I can. Oh, because before, I wouldn't accept it. Because it was like, no, you don't mm-hmm. love this. You might mm-hmm. like me for certain things or think, oh, you're maybe a pretty person or a fun person or these things that I've like created for you to like about me. But if you mm-hmm. actually got to know anything deeper inside, you would see insecurity mm. and all this hate. So you can't love this. but. The idea that, oh, like that Natalie isn't even in there and it's the Holy Spirit. Like people could love that. People could love the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so I could accept that. Like I could let my husband love me, which is crazy. It is crazy. (laughs) Because I don't think I ever really did. Right, 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 right. And yeah, it's just crazy to think that you were so lovable, right? Even like before you accepted this truth about yourself that you were worth giving this gift to. Like you could never earn right. it. You could never do enough Ugh. to achieve it. Right. Like you were so lovable that God did whatever he could to give that to you just out of nothing right. but love for you. Like that is just the craziest That's something like reality. I've recently, yeah, I like had a hard time, I think as a Christian, like understanding like how God like worked the plan of salvation. And I think I always thought sure. like, yeah, but like, why did he do it? Like we're just this little Petri dish and he's just like, Testing out this theory of like giving these really messed up, like weak beings the power of choice. Like, why did he do that? Uh-huh. He just like put it in our hands and then we like immediately tripped up on it. And like now he's just watching us all down here struggling, but we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, for his glory. And it, it was like this uh-huh. twisted view. And recently I was reading Ephesians 1, which is like you could read it over and over oh, and get something new. And it's like, I'm holy and blameless, and I was that way from the beginning. And I just, like, mm. the way I thought about it was, like, I I and every human were actually only created to be set apart, like, holy, to be instruments mm-hmm. of his love. Like, we mm. actually aren't made for sin at all. Like, sin mm-hmm. is such a outside of our nature. Like, we were crafted right. and created just to be loved, to be loved, to be his, like, image mm-hmm. on earth that's so good and so that's why like all sin feels so unnatural and uncomfortable and like it just makes sense it's like i was always just supposed to be his daughter that's all i was yeah. ever actually made to be so of course the plan of salvation had to happen because he couldn't leave us in the state we were in like it wasn't what we were made for we were oh. tools for righteousness we were like meant to be this thing and so it wasn't that he was trying to prove his power it wasn't like he was trying right. to settle a fight and just we were like collateral damage it's truly that we have only one state that we can live in is to be his children and be perfect and 
he's going to get it back. Like he's like putting it back into us and we get to live that way right now. Like I get to live the way he created me to be. And it's just like such an awesome a place to live from that understanding. Oh, no, like Natalie, this is too good. This is too beautiful. So, <laughs> so because so you're good. able to see yourself that way, right? Like I'm mm. worth loving because God said so. Like right. I have every spiritual blessing. I am holy and blameless. Mm-hmm. I am above reproach. So what does that do for the way you see Richard? Right. So it's been a process and I don't know how mm. much we will go into it, but it's sure. been this thing where it was like, very much peace was restored to our relationship. I was able mm-hmm. to be loved. I was able to see him through God's eyes as mm-hmm. this new person, new heart. Right. But there's just serious like patterns and habits that are in both mm-hmm. of us. Um, and even like this year when I heard your podcast, and you were mm-hmm. talking about forgiving your husband. I thought, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd forgiven Richard. And I really didn't know mm-hmm. how to. And it really made me like take a step back and definitely okay. question like, well, do I have a new heart? If I don't forgive my husband, if I can still mm-hmm. barely see him, you know, I, I kind of like would see him as this new person, new heart. And then it would go away and I would just see him as old Richard who was still acting the same way, still, you know, letting me down. Um, And then it was like, I'd have to go to secret place and just put that in front of God. And like, God, like that is just full of lies. Like that, this whole Mm -hmm. pattern I'm back into is so full of lies, but it just was there and it was very strong. And just like that moment of sitting there and like, I don't think I've forgiven my husband and I don't really know how to, it derailed me pretty big and I got pretty okay. angry again okay. at God in a way like you gave us new hearts, but for what? We don't have a new marriage. Like okay. we're new people okay. in this marriage, but this marriage is still covered in like traps that we can just fall into and like go back to mm. these old patterns. And so I, I didn't really know what to do about that. And so I just kind of sat in it for like a few weeks where, I mean, I, I would try to pray and talk to him about it and like go through it, but like nothing was like, I don't know. And I heard this song where, and like a song I've heard a million times, but there's just a line where it's like, you think you're the one that grace couldn't change. It's the fear. He is a liar. But, um, And it just like hit me. It's like, yeah, I'm just believing that like this marriage is still the old marriage, even because that's what I see. I see with my eyes and my senses that this marriage hasn't changed in all ways. And I want it to change. Mm -hmm. I just expected it to be like overnight because that would be great. Mm -hmm. But it hadn't changed. And I I didn't didn't know what to do when I saw that. I got really. Yeah. And so I just realized, oh, I have. You know, I get to believe that it is yeah. new, that this marriage is healed, that neither of our hearts like bear any of the marks that either of us have put on them in the past. Like both of us have hearts that are healed <clears throat> and yeah. this marriage is healed. Now, we don't necessarily see it, but mm-hmm. I'm just and it's not even like I'm just going to believe. It's like I get to 
I get to just right. say like, thank you, God, that this thing is done and you are working on us both. And like you have healed it. It's healed. And you're going to work through all these little things with us. And yeah. I don't know, just like the belief was like the power to kind of change my perspective. Yeah. So as you're speaking, it's just, um, I was like, what is the, Bi-? again, like circling back, like, what is the Bible verse? I, I, I know what it is, but I don't know where it is. And it's Romans 12, right? So Romans mm. 12, two. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God mm. transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the tendency is to respond to things in the marriage the way that you did in this world, like operating in flesh. Yes. Like those yes. behaviors are like Paul is speaking right to that. Like, I know that this is going to feel yeah. normal, like to just go back to these patterns and behaviors. Mm-hmm. But there is something so much better, that renewal of the mind, the literally thinking with the new mind that you've been granted that's directly in line with your Lord and Savior who has given you everything. And then in doing that, you get to learn and know God's will for you, right? Like that is just the craziest gift. And you have been put in this amazing position to live that out, right? Like it's not just like, loop, everything's perfect, like fairies and bubblegum. But it is like, oh, no, I get to be thankful. I get yes. to believe in what God says yeah. about me and what he says about my covenant with my husband. And that is, and it's, yeah, that's incredible. It's just like a constant, it's just like a constant, like Holy Spirit, just like right there with me, like holding my hand, like, yeah, you might feel that way. Yes, that might be, even today sure. I had like a moment where I had to be like, okay, where is this coming from? Why mm-hmm. am I believing so like easily i just it just fits so well this you know perspective of how i see richard and praise god i was able to go and talk to god about it first get my perspective back and then it was like the most simple conversation it was over nobody's feelings were hurt there's no yelling right it was just like hey you can't do that next time so we're just not going to do that anymore sure sure okay cool and it was over yeah and it's yeah. just okay it's crazy so it is crazy it's crazy mm-hmm. Natalie what you're describing like because yeah you know kind of referencing what we talked about earlier like these waves of I'm good with yeah. Jesus I'm bad with Jesus I'm spirituality good with Jesus, right? like so right sure so that cannot whatever exist mm-hmm. right because that would insinuate jesus is sometimes living in us he's sometimes not living right. in us right that is to play into this idea that our relationship is only as good as the work that we're putting into it but now mm-hmm. what's true about you right like galatians 220 yeah. i will never stop quoting that line first because it's too crazy. i know it's, i know uh, what it's like true. you get to live the fullness of the reality of jesus operating in yeah, and, and I get so to like just like step to the side of like that yeah. of like emotion that hits me. And like one time I heard someone say, like, you just let Jesus go and answer the door to those temptations of like, you know, temptation is knocking. You send Jesus mm-hmm. to fight that fight okay. and you get to just like step to the side yeah. and not respond <laughs> and not yeah. act from a place of whatever scarcity, of anger, of fear, all these things that yeah. I can just Oh, yeah, that's not for me. Jesus is going to take care of it. That's not even my because before it was like I had to have a way to fix it. I had to like 
talked like self-talk like my way to love my husband <laughs> you know <laughs> and it was never it never lasted <laughs> it never really no. worked and so now no, it's like i am love yeah i am mm. love i do love my husband i am not lacking anything i do not have a finite amount of energy i do not have a finite amount of patience i like literally cannot be taken advantage of i can't mm. be mistreated by anyone because i am so full and it's not even me fabricating the love you know i don't even have to create the feeling from within myself i can just mm -hmm. go and talk to my husband in love and in peace and knowing who i am and it's all settled and i don't yeah i don't have to put any of the stink on it as richard would say because i used to have to claim back what he took from me like he took something from okay. me and i had to go get it back and i had to hurt him because he hurt me and did it you know the whole thing yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it's been crazy. That's not the gig. So, um, so I want to, I want to wrap up just like a couple of, of yeah. subjects and items that we've uncovered. So how does unconditional love and like the heart that keeps record of wrong play out now? Like what, how does, yeah, just tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I think I talked to you recently, you know, there were still just some things I had to forgive my husband for. And sure we kind of broke that down between the two of us and awesome. it just is like clearing the air. Like as we get rid of these things, we're just clearing the air. Yeah. And so it's like we have a heart for each other and then it's like the other person could just see it more and more. It's like, I love mm -hmm. him unconditionally and he loves me unconditionally yeah. as well. And as we're just yeah. like cleaning or God is just cleaning out these like little strongholds of yep. pain there was pain on me and i i had developed like hate in my heart toward my husband and i didn't know how to forgive him because i had like chosen to forgive him like i forgive mm -hmm. my husband for all of these things and up here i had chosen but i didn't know where to put it like it was just this like yeah. tension inside of me yeah and one day we were just driving home and like from Lincoln and God like really just like pressed in on me and was like, you can sit here and remember exactly how it felt when you were hurt, when your husband let you down or he did whatever it was that in your mind, it was really hurtful and really think about it. Like he really pushed me, like just be in that moment of like the most hurt you've ever felt by your husband. Huh. And I just felt it. And it was so real. Like, I was, like, crying, like, in the dark. Mm -hmm. Richard didn't know. He's listening to music. Mm -hmm. But uh, God, like, took me there. And he, like, showed me, like, look how bad you're hurt. He's like, no, just, like, okay. give it up. Like, give it to Jesus because mm -hmm. Jesus took it on him. Like, he could absorb it. He can take it. And he can handle it. Like, mm -hmm. just, like, recognize what happened to you. And it hurt. And it made you hate on some level in your heart. I had just this hate on some level. And I didn't want to, but it just was there. And it was really like I just gave it up. And I released yeah. it like from my body because Jesus, mm -hmm. he took it from me. And I just feel like God is like just healing these things that like were just just in us. And we just didn't know how to get rid of them. And God is just like, just give them to me. Like I can handle it. I've already paid yeah. the price for that sin that he did against you. Like, it's already covered. So just 
gave it to me. And it was just like, it was just pulled out of me. And I just felt like, oh, like this release of like, yeah, that had been a huge thing, even in freedom that just was always there. Just Mm. this like, he had hurt me and that was how I reacted to it. And so it's, I do feel like over time, like we do love unconditionally, but I think over time we're going to be able to see the manifestation of that better and better as just like the healing keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, even yeah, recently, so Eddie read, like, he read that, or he texted me this verse in Job where it's about, um, I should just look at it because I have the worst memory. It's about how God will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. Um, and it goes Ooh. over, you know, it chewed everything up and he will, uh, you will eat and be, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord who has dealt wondrously with you and my people will never be put to shame. And it's just like, I hadn't really thought about it like that. Like, that, like Satan, he took so much from us. And like, Mm -hmm. we both had like a heart that wanted to do the right thing. But Satan knew how to play at our lies and like, not our lies, but the lies he could put on us that really stuck. And he knew how to like ruin this thing. And he took something from us, you know, years, 12, 12 years. And just the idea that like, not only has God healed us, not only has he set us free, but he's going to like, he's going to restore all of that was lost to us. And like, there's so much greatness ahead of us in this marriage is like, it's just crazy. Like, he's so good, you know, like, because if he just set me free, or if he just died on the cross and I even had the hope of freedom, that would be enough. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's all, you know. But he's not only going to do that, he's going to, like, fix it and give it all back. So, yeah. That's that. I'd, yes, I, I, really, yeah. Like, <laughs> reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, Natalie, that is so good. What you're describing is actually what it means to operate knowing the truth about yourself right because none of this healing um well none of the yeah healing okay yeah 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 could have Mm -hmm. happened outside of knowing who you are and knowing who Richard is right right so you get to operate in knowing like I'm good I have every Mm -hmm. spiritual blessing and because of that I can enter into this uncomfortable thing that has carried so much right. weight in my life because I know that I don't have to. And so it's just like reconciling yeah. that whole thing and just like doing exactly what you described, mm-hmm. like leaving it with him because he claimed victory over those very real things that happened to you. And so now mm-hmm. you get to claim his very real victory over your life and those areas. Like that is the craziest gift yeah. that I'm hearing you describe in a way that I've not heard anyone put yeah. towards before. So Wow, yeah, that is so, so good. God, so good. Lee. I can't, yeah. So, okay, no, it's just too much. It's overwhelming. It's just this constant state <laughs> of he is too good. So, okay, to to summarize yes. old <laughs> Natalie, then you believe the truth about yourself, right? That you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ and you are holy and you are blameless. Mm-hmm. You have every spiritual blessing. To believe that and the new Natalie. So what were you delivered from? Oh, man, I was delivered from having to earn 
love from everybody, from God. I'm, I was delivered from feeling less than, feeling just different or weird or like a disappointment to others. I was delivered from the anger that was just like in me for so long that just came out as, you know, very harsh and uh, a really aloof and, you know, unkind person. I was just delivered from even just day to day having to protect myself at all. I don't have to protect mm-hmm. myself. I have nothing to fear. Like, mm. I'm so set and filled and whole. So I can just walk into rooms and be loved. I can be super mm. vulnerable with people. As a nurse, I can just love on people. And I'm not worried about anything. Like, I'm not even worried about where my energy is going to come for the day. I've been freed of that lie that I think a lot of moms and wives feel like that scarcity. Like, this is all on me. This is my weight to carry. This is my job. And if I don't take care of it, nobody else will. Well, that's not, that's not true because it's all being done by God's will. And the sooner in my day that I can be like, oh yeah, no, like this day is going to happen by God's grace. And I just get to go along for the ride. Like, I've been freed from that pressure and that guilt that just, you know, I think a lot of women have. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so free, free. good. Natalie, thank you so much. So free from Thank Ricky. you. It's just so good. Are you kidding me? All right. So here's it's like the more deal. Than, I feel like yeah. there's just, yeah, like, I just want to keep talking about yeah. this for, like, so we gotta much be longer. Done. And I think that they're. <laughs> That that's the thing is like at some level we have to wrap this sucker up. But I do yeah. feel that there is a space, and Richard and I talked about this like literally the most like so briefly. But there is a space for continuing the conversation in community. So you know, like you and Richard, and who's to say mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But I think that there is room for um, yeah. discussing what it means to be married and operating in this truth about the way that we are living, right? Uh, but anyways, yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for yes for sharing and for like I know that this will resonate so deeply with so so many people because the mm. the lie that you are unlovable is something that just permeates society and it's just like it's so easy yeah. to believe, mm-hmm. right, 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 because yeah. the smallest thing can feed into that lie. So I just want to pray a prayer mm-hmm. of thankfulness if that's okay. Mm-hmm. God, I just oh. thank you so, 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 so much for this time and just like how fun it is to talk about how crazy and nasty we were because look at what you've done. <laughs> like, are you joking me? Like we could talk all day long about the crazy because like there's a follow-up to that. It's like, look at what we mm-hmm. have been delivered from. Um, and it's just, it's just so incredible to hear from Natalie about what you have done and what you were continuing to do because you are a God that will never stop. Like we'll never stop pursuing us with this incredible love and that you live and you breathe in us and that you were living in us as us through us. And thank you for Natalie's testimony and just how much mm. love is just pouring out of her from you because she is so rooted in you. And I thank you that she's going to raise children in this love and that she's going to be a nurse out here to all these people, just telling them how loved they are. And I just thank you for the um, transformation of her marriage and how that gift that you've given us, just the covenant on earth is the craziest example that you've given us um, to the covenant that you have with us. 
And so thank you that we get to participate in that at some level and how you will never leave us. You will Mm -hmm. never forsake us. You will never identify us by the worst thing that we've ever done. I know we get to look at our partners through that same lens. Um, And so we just thank you for that reality. We love you so much. You are a good father. Amen. Amen. Can't stop till we make it to the moon It's too late, can't stop it, it's a boom No, I can't, I wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright, I see they tryna ride Coming out for the night, yeah, it's that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive We stay alive, Hey, hey, put your hands down we ain't coming questions, yeah, we been down Creed, I am Adonis, wash the hands now Went from thinking broke to living rich now Hey, busting with the twos, you watch me slide now Hey, she look kinda bougie and she bad now Hey, mama think I made it easy, proud now Hey, hey With the spirits trying to play with me Hey, finna go shoot Can't stop till we make it to the moon It's too late, can't stop it, it's a boom No, I cannot wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright, I see they tryna ride Coming out for the night, yeah, it's that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive We stay alive, ayy